So um, apparently nothing's happening on the internet today. No, it's pretty quiet. Is it, is it just down in Florida? Is that why Ralph's not going to make it? Or is he RSVP'd yet? I didn't even see him in the notes today. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Butter's comment. You know it's a big deal when my mom calls asking about it. Oh my god! <laughs> I literally did get like five texts today. Dude, I think from, like, the same various thing. People in my family, I think yeah. the same thing when Butter's mom calls me. So <laughs> I, I did. They'll get like three or four texts today. Like, are you having problems with Facebook? Do you know what's going on out there in internet land? Yeah, my life is fine. Like my day to day hasn't changed at all. Hello and welcome to another edition of Black Hills Information Security, talking about news. It's the uh, story news thing brought to you by Black Hills Information Security. We do pen tests and incident response and sock work and all kinds of stuff, so check us out. Uh, there's the advertisement. We're done with that. However, today is a day, gentlemen, that nothing of interest is happening on the internet whatsoever. It's days like today that I just wonder, why do we even do security at all? Because I think that this is a solved problem and there's no issues going on. Let's just take a peer into the news stories for today. Oh my God, like the entire internet is burning because Facebook is down. So at any rate, for those of you that don't know, Facebook is Yeah, for those of you who don't know, congratulations. We envy you. Facebook had a wee bit of a problem today. So there's a bunch of speculation that they're actually down due to a DDoS attack. I don't believe that that is necessarily what is going on here today. Uh, most of whatever I'm seeing on Twitter, which absolutely can totally be contrived as like absolute truth, much like your beliefs on COVID and things like that, points to something called BGP. Let me explain kind of a little bit on how BGP works and I'll have to talk about ASNs. So whenever you're thinking of the internet, all of the computers on the internet have numbers, much like a phone number, right? So you're going to have a dedicated number for a system. So whenever you type in www.facebook.com, don't go there. It's a dangerous site. You don't want to go there at all. Your computer has to convert that to a number. And it does that with something called DNS. And that DNS is like a phone book that's going to convert the name back down into a number. Now, once your computer has that number, it has to basically send the data out onto the internet and basically it has to get routed there. So a way to kind of conceptualize this in your brain is if you're trying to send a letter to somebody, you're going to have the zip code, you're going to have the state, you're going to have the address, right? Now, if you have those zip codes for like letters that go to different places, that's what we call ASN numbers. And those ASN numbers are zip codes of responsibility of numbers, all right? So BGP is what allows us to route traffic to go to the correct routers on the internet based on the ASNs that these organizations are utilizing and saying they're responsible for these numbers. So now imagine, just hypothetically, if somebody just took the entire zip code for Connecticut and just deleted it. Like, there was literally no way that any mail can get to Connecticut at all because those zip codes, gone. That's kind of what happened with Facebook. It appears that somebody pushed out an update to Facebook's ASNs 
and it completely deleted Facebook from the internet, which I know for a lot of you, you've been waiting for this moment for so long. Congratulations. It's now happened, I guess. Now, uh, Noah, you mentioned that there was also some DNS issues that happened at roughly the same time too, correct? Yeah, it seems like there's some DNS issues. Of course, a lot of people are seeing that uh, the domain is actually available for purchase right now. FYI, don't try to buy it. You're just going to waste your money. The courts will give it back. (laughs) You're not going to win that one. You're not going to win. Don't try to buy it. Don't waste your money. But yeah, the DNSs are all the DNS is screwed up. Of course, even if the DNS servers weren't screwed up, the DNS servers point to like the actual NS name servers are pointing into to the IP addresses in the ASN owned by Facebook. So you can't resolve them, but there's also a bunch of DNS issues as as far as that goes. And what I think might happen, and I could be completely wrong, is a lot of DNS uh, providers, they'll basically track the ASNs that basically are registered uh, for the IP address when we create a DNS entry. And what I think happened is because of the BGP routes, because of the ASNs, those are gone. I believe, I could be completely wrong on this, that some of the DNS providers are like, oh, this IP address is not owned by this ASN anymore. We're just, this looks like a broken record. We're going to suspend it or we're just going to delete it. Um, but I, that's purely speculative on my part, um, but it's bad. So if you're going to think of like, what is a bad day for Facebook? This is quite possibly one of the worst days for Facebook. However, there have also been some rumors floating around on the internet, which I think are just rumors. I don't believe that they are true yet. I don't see quite enough information on it right now. But there's also some talk that there is possibly a data dump of 1.5 billion records on, on, um, on, on the dark web right now. Um, I saw some info that said that was scraped, though. Yeah, I, I, and by the way, what Noah's talking about is you can make it look like it's Facebook data because you can scrape multiple other data breaches and bring it together to make it look like a Facebook breach when, in fact, it's not. So this has not been confirmed. But at this particular point, how the hell would we confirm it? Because Facebook's down right now. And so. I mean, it's not just Facebook. I mean, John, Instagram and WhatsApp, too. If you've hit up Instagram. Yeah. Oh, oh, Gmail. Gmail went down too. Today? Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how it's tied into this entire thing. Yeah, but Gmail was down for a while. I think it's back up now. Oh, that's interesting. I what is a that 5XX part, but... server error? That's what Instagram's displaying right now. Yeah. Uh, so, 500, HTTP 500 error code. That's an internal server error. But now, now like, like I said, there are some people reporting issues with Gmail as well. So this is just... This is just insane. The internet um, is literally on fire right now. Yeah. Effectively. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a cleansing fire. It's oh, t- yes. It's taking out the right services. So Yeah, uh, but it, it hasn't touched Amazon yet. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why either. What do they call it? How do you pronounce it? Schenfrude? Schenenfreud? Um, in German? I might be mispronouncing it. We might be a little bit too glib about this. But, but no, we were talking at the beginning. There's a theory, and you can tell me what it is. It's called the Kepler. What was it called? Kepler what? Oh, Kepler syndrome. Kepler syndrome. It, it has to do with basically debris around a planet. Um, and if you get too much debris around the planet, you get these like tiny micrometeor-sized uh, particles that basically prevent you from entering or leaving the planet. Um, it, yeah. It's just bad. They just start hitting each other. 
right? And they just start bouncing, and then it's impossible to trace where they're at. So you can't put anything in space. You can't get anything down. So once you get another, like enough of those, now how this actually applies to all of this is one of the things we were talking about during the pre-show was we're kind of getting to the point where we have so many different services, so many things are interdependent on each other. And something we've talked about on this show in the past is a lot of the people that actually know how the magic works at a lower level are either retiring or dying because a lot of this technology was created years ago. So if you have all of these different services and everything is interrelated with each other, like there are websites that literally set up their their sign-on authority is Facebook, right? Something Facebook has been trying to do with OAuth and single sign-on for a long time. All of those services are down as well. So whenever you have this, this amount of complexity that's growing at this particular rate of speed that we've been going at, at what point do you have a continuous like wave of these types of little mistakes like BGP routing mistakes, DNS issues, server certificate errors, squirrels. I can't remember what else Swift on security said, but you're running into a problem where you're going to start seeing these types of problems start to become manifest more and more and more because things are getting so large and so complex that you're going to see these types of outages more in the future as well. And just that there's no one who knows how to fix BGP. Like yeah. and the, the like 15 people who do know, like, they don't they don't they only sort of know they they had to learn it on the job um, yeah. <laughs> and they just haven't made a mistake yet if you were to give me a bjp a bgp route to try to maintain i would probably screw it up too well and, yes. and john correct me if i'm wrong but some of the stuff you know from a propagation perspective takes quite a long time to get you know updates propagated around yeah, yeah so i mean this these these could be lasting impacts for a while you know i think outside of you know facebook any organization you should be protecting your your domain you know host provider and all that stuff cuz a lot of that that critical information for your your environment is kept in that space um so well and what i can't wait is for the actual story because if you've been doing this a long time there's two stories right there's the official story that facebook's going to come out and they're going to say this is what it what happened and are we going to take over and under odds that they're going to blame an intern um, or a new guy, like an FNG. The, the, thought, the thought came up that it was like, oh, we can blame an intern for this. Yeah, we can blame an intern for this, which doesn't, by the way, make them look better at all. Um, it's like, ASOC the intern, why don't you make BGP routing changes? And Noah's like, yeah. I think I, you know, Noah's like, uh, you know, what you were talking about earlier, somebody's like, I don't know what BGP is, but YOLO, um, we'll just delete this. So hearing what they officially say, and then hearing from my friends in the industry who like to speculate on such things, you know, basically sitting around in bars like months from now, telling us exactly what really happened under the hood. I can't wait for that to actually start coming out here shortly. But yeah, that'll but no. definitely be interesting to see. Yeah, but this is if you find it out, let me know. Like loop me yeah. and I'll I'll well, pay for beer that day. Yeah, we'll let it out. I'm still waiting for people to start coming in with more theories um in the chat as well. But uh, we'll we'll see. I, I did see happens. someone accuse it of being aliens at one point, but yeah, but if you're just looking for theories. Right. Um, so the other thing that's kind of funny from what I'm hearing is you have people that have the authentication to actually fix the problem. Okay. You have people that know how to fix the problem. And then you have a situation where people are physically on site who can fix the problem. Because right now, no one can work in Facebook. Like all of their internal tools, all of their internal communications, all of their internal authentication 
is completely shot because somebody literally deleted freaking Facebook from the internet. So I want you to think of this as a problem where they have like a BGP expert who lives in Virginia. The actual server where they need to make the changes so they can start propagating out is in Palo Alto. But neither of them can actually communicate with each other over, you know, over Facebook's internal communications, their VPN, their authentication, their entire domain infrastructure is completely shot to hell because they can't do that. That also means the authentication mechanisms to actually sit down to the computer to authenticate to make those changes is also down. So whenever you start as well. Yeah, when the, you start, I, I saw some stuff talking about the fact that their door access control was also down. Yes. So <laughs> when you're looking at all of this, all of this ties together into some type of domain authentication. A lot of organizations, it's Active Directory, right? So imagine you have Active Directory, your phones are tied into it, your chat is tied into it, your email is tied into it, your server access for logging into your servers is tied to Active Directory. And then that just goes away. And it's not something you could just simply be like, oopsies, power it back on again, and it comes back. The IP addresses for the domains and the authentication are gone. So if people are like, why haven't they just fixed this quickly? Because they're really screwed. Like, this is a really bad thing. If you lose the heart and soul of your entire company for authentication, bad days. So do me a favor. If you run into a Facebook employee who works in tech, Buy him a beer and give him a hug, please. Hey, John, or or PR. What about like, you know, I know you're pretty spun into like Microsoft stuff. What about like Red Forest designs where you could have multiple domains? And is there a good, you know, is there a good pattern in current state with with multi-cloud situations where you could have additional domains, you know, ready to go in in a disaster recovery situation like this? So that has a lot to do with like your trust relationships and how you can set that up in Active Directory with like two-way transitive trust and then what's a fall a failover. Um, they used to have things like Active Directory in application mode or Atom, where you could basically have that type of authentication. So if you lost one, the authentication could fail over to another. And I think that all of that works as long as you have some semblance of a domain to tie it together. It, with this, with the routes going away, and it looks like DNS having issues with it too, it basically boils into a problem where like everything has burnt down. Um, you literally need to go through and reset your DNS servers. You need to reset your domain servers. And I don't think Active Directory is quite the way Facebook rolls. They want to run their own authentication. So a lot of those backups and those failovers that would normally exist in large-scale Active Directory environments, because you'll have a primary domain controller, a backup domain controller. Many times you'll have the domain controllers replicated across five different sites. And if you lose one, the other ones will pick up. All of that is gone here. So yes, it's like I said, I'm just kind of speculating on what type of hell they're dealing with, but it's significant, um, especially if they've been down this long. And, you know, think about the influencers. They're not making any money either right now. They're not making any money. You've got all these Instagram influencers going, what am I going to post today? The Kardashians, won't somebody... Well, they're they're going to they're gonna post about how they can't get on Facebook, but that they can't post it. So. Or Instagram. They can't get on Instagram right. to Instagram things. I, I did think we were talking about possible things that could have gone wrong. Ashley did point out a, an insider, um, like a disgruntled employee, mm. uh, which did cross my mind. Like, d- did you piss off the PGP admin? That's the wrong guy to piss off, just as an FYI. Oh. You, you, that's, that's not the guy you want to make mad. But seriously, but, from a change management perspective, like, you should have protections as well. Yeah, you should be protected. 
I remember there was one certificate authority that was basically accepting um, the, the validity of another certificate authority's root certificate. And I remember when they were setting all of this up and they were setting up the trust and everything, it was like a guy who had a suitcase, who had armed guards. I'm not making this up. It was handcuffed to his arm. They literally were going through and they were reading out different random sections of the, of the certificate. It was like they were lighting candles. They were slaughtering chickens. It was a big freaking deal in the area of like SSL, TLS, for different CAs to actually trust each other. And I right. can't imagine that BGP is like, oh, yeah, it's plugged in next to our main cabinet right over there. Uh, I don't know. You might be able to. Yeah, well, and BGP so. is definitely not something you want to to just leave to an intern. Like, if they come out and say it's an intern, like, I, I call oh. BS now. Because right it's, now. Not something, yeah. it's not something you leave to an intern ever. That, that's something you leave to the, like, wizard who sits in the corner. Yeah, the um, scary and, guy with the long yeah, beard. That, that's your BGP admin, and nobody touches BGP except for that guy. Yep, yep. It, it, it's just, it's just absolutely insane um, what's happened here. And I, I don't know. I, I, you know, like I said, let's just wait and figure out what the story is going to be. <laughs> I guess maybe, um, but I'm, I'm guessing no matter what, it's going to be bad. Um, but this has been a bad day for Facebook, right? Like you got the speculation on the 1.5 billion records, which is totally not confirmed. That's bad. You have this happening. You had the 60 minutes interview that happened last night. It's just a really bad day for Facebook all the way around. And like I said, you know, the executives don't care about them at all. They can have a bad day, but all the techs and the people that work, my heart goes out to them. In the meantime, like go out to a park or something. And mm -hmm. enjoy not having a bunch of social media just being crammed down your throat all the time. Yes. Yes. It's and that's actually, my old man segment for the day. That's your old man's man segment for the day. Yes, that sounds about right. This isn't the first time stuff like this has happened. I mean, no, it's not. You, know, you think about, you know, AWS had an outage, a pretty substantial outage in 2017. Microsoft had their, uh, their severe weather situation with, uh, with Azure back in 2018 in San Antonio data centers. It'll be really yeah. interesting, uh, you know, what what comes of this, right? From a lessons learned perspective, and and how other smaller organizations can learn a lot from it. Hopefully, so one of my favorite stories that's kind of similar to this was the Dyn DNS denial of service attack that happened a number of years ago. So they were actually a customer of ours, and we could talk about it publicly because they gave us permission to say that they were a customer of ours, but. It was kind of funny because we were um, in the middle of doing a security assessment for them. And um, Dyn DNS, if they go down, like Google goes down, and Microsoft goes down, like this is bad, right? Like really, really, really bad. And I'm in Tokyo and I'm teaching at the time. And I'm staying in this house that's like three layers high. So it's this really narrow, it's about as wide as this is, really narrow house and it goes three layers up. And there's like some people that can contact me in the dead of night. And one of the guys, really, really good friend of mine, who is our main point of contact and, and the customer, basically started calling me multiple times. And my phone's at the lower level because that's where the outlets are. And I don't have any outlets up high. And I start running down the stairs. And there's spiral stairs that are super, super, super tight. And I'm in socks. And I slipped. And I like fell down the last few flights of stairs. And I picked up the phone. And he's like, so whatever you guys are doing, you're completely crashing, dying. Like, we're completely out. You need to tell your tester to stop. 
So I'm like peeing myself. I, I, so I get on the phone with Kelsey, who was the tester at the time. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like you brought down Dime. And she's like, no, 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 no. I stopped scanning like five days ago. We are not doing anything. So I called them back up and I'm like, not us. We're not doing it. And he's like, no, there's clearly bad things happening. Well, going around the horn and working with their team, um, we actually discovered that it was a denial of service attack. It was a full-on DDoS attack, bringing them down and bringing down large portions of the internet at the exact same time. Now, my favorite thing about this story is they were able to do some really cool magical shenanigans and traffic shaping to basically stop the DDoS attack and basically start bringing it down. Well, one of the executives went on Twitter and said, hey, attacker who's like trying to DOS us, screw you, man, we've got it all figured out, and basically gave him the proverbial middle finger on Twitter. And then the attacker doubled the size of the DDoS attack, like almost immediately after he was taunted. So my point is, on all of this, is this crap absolutely can happen. It can happen from a DDoS attack. It can happen from a misconfiguration. It can happen from a number of different places. But a couple of things. One, change management is totally your friend. You need to look into it. And the other thing is, if there's an attacker that's like attacking your organization, don't go on Twitter and taunt them, ever. Just don't. All right. They really just idea like, taunt anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's really this. not, especially oh. not in the InfoSec community, because they take it way too serious sometimes. Don't go saying that we're unhackable or that we've got it all figured out. Like, it's just bad ideas all around. They'll be like, well, I'm a full-stack alpha engineer. Uh, I'm going to uh, bring you down more. So, um, yeah. But yeah, the whole thing about the insider, that goes in the same category as, as an intern. They say that an insider or a disgruntled employee did this. I, once again, I can't buy that just because of the level of controls that have to go into these things. So we'll just have to watch this. So do we have anything else happening on the internet? No, I mean, on the, on the topic of DDoSs, this has kind of been a little one I've been watching. There's just a bunch of articles, Ryan, so you can probably just drop them all. But effectively, I, I've been kind of watching. There's a group claiming to be uh, Revel or Revel, however we say that. Then they're targeting VoIP providers with uh, uh, DDoS attacks. And so far, I've seen four different providers. Yeah, there was VoIP Unlimited and VoIP Phone from like London, UK. And then uh, just last week, VoIP MS. And then starting towards the end of this week, uh, Bandwidth.com. And they've just been moving around, basically requesting like a one Bitcoin ransom, which is like, it's a, it's a lot of money. 40 some thousand, right? We need, yeah, we need Ralph around for this. For the um, automatic conversion in his head? Yes. yes $43,652.24. Um, but yeah, I actually, I have a, a person that I set up a PBX for at one point that uses VoIPMS and they were calling and they're like, hey, the phones are down. What do we do? And I, I, I wasn't aware of the issue at the time, but uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. They were down for a long time. Uh, and interesting things about SIP is, is that SIP is not necessarily something you can just like stick Whoa, behind stop the right balancer. There. Well, Ryan, go back up. There you go. Stop right there. This is the one that I love where Revil basically said, okay, enough communication. The price for us to stop now is 100 Bitcoin into the Bitcoin address. I'm sure your customers will appreciate it. This basically, they were taking a long time to respond to Revil, yeah. I think. so. Yeah, they just weren't saying much of anything. They were trying to figure it out. And uh, it, it, they're holding out basically cost them. But in the end, they held out and 
as far as I'm aware, the attackers have moved off since. Yeah, they but, got bored. But this is... Well, I mean, it's this, 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 this whole entire attack vector cool. requires that they think you're going to pay. If you go too long and you don't pay, and they're like, oh, they're not going to pay, you're more... It's more profitable to just move off and find someone who will pay. Yep. But meanwhile, the organization, if they don't have good backups, they're still down. Um, oh, yeah. But the other thing that we've seen hacker groups do that I thought was interesting for a while, um, they kind of got this under control, is they would basically try to do password sprays to gain access to the customers of the voice over IP service. And then they would set up like a 1-900 number, a number out of Jamaica that they could make money. And they would literally just open up a phone bridge or make a phone call to their paid phone line and just keep yeah. that open for days. One of the uh, companies that's very near to where we're, where we're at right here in South Dakota, they got hacked through their VoIP service. They, the attackers got their user ID and password set that up and let it run for days. And they had a phone bill that was like $1.5 million. Um, so voice over IP service providers have been a target for a long, long, long time. And even like private private branch exchanges, like a private PBX, the, if you have it unsecured, they'll do the, t- the same thing to you. Actually, it's kind of funny. For those who don't know, hi, I'm Noah. And I like Dark Knight Diaries a lot. Episode one of Dark Knight Diaries is all about phone freaking and this kind of attack. Not the denial of service attack, but uh, pointing it rank- towards like a one nine hundred uh, paid phone number like that. So just, well, and- oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, speaking of, of phones, you know, the FCC came out. I don't know if you had that link in there, Ryan, but FCC came out with a proposal about SIM swapping. They're wanting feedback on on proposed new rules for cracking down on this. I mean, this is this is obviously impacting a lot of people, and you know, the the vishing emails alone are, are bad enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what are your what are your takes on that? One of the things I can't get over is how easy it is. To do. Like, okay, so there's a number of different things that are really, really easy to do. Like for this particular one, you just have to convince somebody in a store that you are the legitimate owner of a particular phone number, and they will transfer it over to you. Now, most of the time when I go into AT&T with a business account, I have to know a PIN. I have to show a driver's license. There's a number of things that I have to do. For me to actually say, you know what, I dropped my phone in the toilet. I'm not using that thing anymore, or I left it on an airplane, or it's gone. I go through a lot of confirmation because it's a business account. When you're looking at personal accounts, I've literally been in a Verizon store or an AT and T store, and someone comes in and they're like, oh, "I lost my phone and I need a new one." And they're like, "Well, what's your name? What's your mother's maiden name?" Some really, really basic trivia question. Uh, that you can find online very quickly and very easily. And they literally just set them up with a new phone and they do it in a matter of just like 10, 15 minutes. So this is something that they've got to make this more difficult to do going forward. Because if I get access to your phone, then I get access to your SMS push push notifications. And it just makes it really, really super easy to start breaking down security in a variety of ways doing that. I don't know, Noah, what's your thoughts? Oh, I mean... I do think it was kind of funny when you were talking about just going into the stores and, hey, my name is so-and-so. I, I, I kind of thought about the fact that uh, there's been a few times where when I was on like a family plan, I had to impersonate my father to get stuff mm-hmm. fixed on my phone. It was super easy. Of course, being his son, it makes it uh, a little easier. easy. To yeah, you know the answers. At one point, though, I did have the store actually say like, oh, can I see some ID? And I was like taken aback. I was like, wait, what? Um, so kudos to that one store person. But and by the way, it looks like Krebs on security is now down. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. 
like did we me. hug of death them or i don't uh, there's no way we hug. no there's no way there's no way oh no it, it, it just it came, came right up for me it it's came up for me. just really slow just in it's still online yeah it's it's okay. up for me it just took it just took a long long time for me to load and i had a couple of other people on chat say that it was inaccessible hmm. so you know, but but you know that whole problem of like sim cloning it's actually a transferable problem in computer security and just security in general. Um, one of our older payroll processors, I was in the car with my wife and we needed to add another employee on to our payroll. And my wife called in and she said, hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm with this particular company. I need to add somebody onto payroll. And I'm sitting here waiting for them to wait for a confirmation pin or I'm going to email you a number. Can you read it back to me? And like, none of that happened. Um, they basically just assumed it's all good. She was, she said, okay, this is the, this is the name. This is the address. This is the salary. And the person on the other side of the phone was like, all right, well, thank you so much. We appreciate that. And my wife hung up and at best they checked the caller ID, which can easily be spoofed. Well, absolutely. It can be easily spoofed, but they're not checking the caller ID in those Most call likely centers, not. right? So I'm like, Hey, can you try something for me? I want you to just call in, give them a fake name. And I want you to give me a raise of like $50,000 a year. And went through, she basically was able to go through the whole entire thing. No confirmation whatsoever. And then finally, my wife was like, oh, scratch that, scratch that. We'll back that out. We've got to do some things differently. But my point is this like type get of a SMS new payment attack. Provider? Huh, what's that? Like, like get a new provider? Yeah, we did actually very, very quickly. Now the provider is, I need to have your two-factor PIN. Um, I'm going to email you this. We got to confirm who you are. There's only a hand. Like it ratcheted up quite a bit. Well, that was, I, I guess, to go with that. I had, a, I had a story one time where I had a former guy who did all my taxes for me. And I was like, hey, I need, I need last year's tax return. And this was a year later. And he just sent it to me as a PDF. And I was like, I, I will never work with you again. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, you've just with, lost with our my tax. business. With our accountant, we had to teach them how to use better ways of sharing documents with each other because um, yeah. they were doing the same thing. He didn't even, um, he didn't even do anything. I just sent an email and said, I need last year's. I, I almost um, purposely left it kind of vague just to see what they would do. And I said, effectively, I need last year's tax documents. And they and just, just sent it. it to me. Now, did you give him a different email address or did he send it to the email address that you, that they had on file? Because those are two different things. He sent it to the email address I sent the request from, which was not the email that was on file. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's it, it was terrible. It was terrible. I literally just signed it at the last part. So um, another story about this is non-standard ways to get something. Uh, years ago, Metasploit was hacked. And HD Moore always hates it whenever I say that they got hacked because what actually happened was somebody was able to change the DNS records and they were able to change the DNS records because their DNS provider allowed you to send in faxes for updating DNS records. So you could say it had a form and everything that you could say, I want this domain to be pointed at this IP address and you just signed your name and you would fax it into them, completely bypassing your portal, any authentication whatsoever. And then whoever picked up that fax is like, okay, I guess we're going to make this change because these people are from back in time, I guess. They have a fax machine. <laughs> well, because only legitimate businesses use fax. I yeah. mean, yeah, that's it. Right. No hacker is going to know how to use a fax machine. But the point is, <laughs> when you're looking at these stories, like voice over IP, um, whenever you're looking at these services, you're looking at SIM cloning, 
you're looking at, you know, Metasploit with a fax, you're looking at payroll, kind of the theme for all of this is basically there are a whole bunch of ways that are non-standard, like, you know, we're going to password spray, we're going to gain access to a computer that you can absolutely pull off a quote unquote hack without actually using like even a computer. You can just do it with a phone going back to the days of old school freaking and Mitnick and those types of things as well. You know, it's, it's kind of off the cuff, uh, but uh, I, there was an iOS update over the weekend. Has anybody played with the new iCloud plus? I have not. Stuff? No, I haven't either. I, I saw they effectively are, are selling a VPN now, but yeah. that was about the biggest thing I saw. I saw there was a few updates, but I haven't seen what, what, what that release was for really. I like Jeff's comment. I thought I wanted to work for BHIS. Turns out I just wanted a paycheck was just fine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Speaking of iPhone, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, oh FinSpy. Well, I mean, I was actually going to go into oh. uh, NSO Group again real okay. quick. But uh, so there's a new I, I thought this was just mostly super interesting myself. And we can leave it to people's imagination after that if we want, or we can take it from there. But there's this article is uh, titled Hackers Spreading Malware by Misusing Trust of Amnesty International. And effectively what it is, is they've set up a site that is amnestyinternationalantipegasus.com. And what they're doing is advertising a antivirus that is guaranteed to detect Pegasus. And people are so afraid of NSO, NSO Group's Pegasus product at this point that they're willing to just download malware onto their phone to try to like hide from it. That's how I read the article. I've got to wonder um, if this if this website and everything isn't an NSO group. Like <laughs> it's like an ex- it, inception level. Thing. If, if, it, if it downloaded Pegasus, that would be ironic, and uh, I would have to give them a little credit for that. But it downloads <laughs> some other spyware. Is is what it sums up to. And so, like in your in your attempts to run away from spyware you have downloaded more spyware. Well, and that's, I mean, I see this, we, we've talked about it before. I know that at one point, John, you asked me, you're like, Noah, what, what's your thoughts on consumer cybersecurity? Like, have we just abandoned the consumer? And I, I believe my answer was pretty much uh, just straight up yes. Mm-hmm. And every day that I get on the news, it seems like I, I just see it more and more again. And it, my, my heart goes out to the consumer now a lot more <laughs> because of it. Um, because, yeah, well, this is a mess. Well, the other they're thing they're uninformed and they don't have the products they need to to be informed. It seems but, like. But even if you go out online and if you get like a virus that pops up and you do a search for like name a virus removal tool, um, I've seen right. situations where the people that are releasing that virus actually set up websites that are purporting to sell you a tool to remove the virus from your computer. And they literally just double down and install more malware on your computer. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Um, that's why, you know, this yeah. is a this is a problem. That's yeah. It, it, most people in IT security, like whenever I encounter that on friends and family's computers, I'm like, well, this is just really evil. Somebody should really do something about this. But on enterprise security, we don't deal with that crap ever, so we don't think of it as an actual problem. Yeah. Well, and I, the other thing is they they're typo squatting on amnesty international which is a human rights group that's and low. NS, an nso group like at least according to some of the stuff has targeted been used well they don't target but their product has been used against some human rights activist so it's almost like it's being set up targeted towards them even just a little bit yeah or people who think they are similar 
But well, it's a pretty low, pretty low blow. It's, it's just way. wrong on a lot of levels. Yeah. Did you know that uh, solitaire? Solitaire is not in Windows 10, I don't think, natively anymore. Oh, yeah. But there's a lot of, like, domain... There's a lot of actors that are buying those domains so that, like, the older people, like my grandfather, who's in his late 80s, recently got a new Windows 10 box, and the first thing he did was try to go download Solitaire. And there's a bunch of uh, domains out there that are that are popping up with malicious yeah. stuff. So... They're definitely yeah. in the consumer. Specifically, standpoint. I've noticed it it really focuses on spider solitaire from what I've seen, which is just an interesting little point that's, to look at. That's really oddly specific. I know. Gentlemen, yeah. gentlemen, I've got to step out. Noah, can you finish the show out? Oh, yeah, sure. All right. Talk to Let's you all see. later. Hey, thank you very much for hanging out on today's Internet Facebook snow day. So yeah, later, everybody. Fun. So, yeah. So, I mean, we, we have that with people being concerned about Pegasus. And then I have an article that I linked right next to that, which is actually about FinSpy, which is kind of apparently the new name for FinFisher, which is more spyware that you can buy and sell to, they sell it to governments and they sell it to police departments sometimes. It's just, you know, nation state spyware, fun stuff. And, and I guess one of my my thoughts about these two articles in particular that I just found interesting is NSO Group claims that their product is protecting the citizens of countries that use their product. And uh, that, uh, most likely Finn Fisher says something similar because it's, it's targeted for anti-terrorism type stuff. But with the recent news publications and stuff, it seems like people are getting extra paranoid and mistrusting of their government entities because of this. And, and my question is kind of that I wanted to pose. Is it actually being more good than bad at this point? And uh, Grayson, since you're the other person here, I, it goes to you. I think hacker tools being used for evil, you know, with that were originally intended for other purposes is always not a good thing, right? Um, right. But it uh, it's an interesting article. That's my comment. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I'm just talking more about almost reading in between the lines a little bit. Uh, the article obviously talks nothing about that. It's just more stuff about uh, fin, it's fin spy coming out being kind of rebranded and it's because fin fisher got targeted pretty hard um and, and people didn't like it when it hit the news and the people and the people got they had a rebrand because they got such negative rep out of it basically are these kind of tools really what government should be using for this anti-terrorism stuff is is really what i'm asking i guess i i don't know that's a that's a hard one there's lots of it, it's it's a definitely a hard one and I guess maybe it's just something we let sit and cook for a bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Ryan, is there any other articles in there? Oh, we got more articles. We'll just let that cook. So, yeah. So then we got an ATP hacking group targeting some critical infrastructure. John leaves and it's like all the energy's gone. <laughs> Bring back Sorry, the energy, guys. Noah. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to find the part I was looking for in this specific article. So there was there's a new APT group that they're calling a uh, Camille gang, which is referring to their chameleistic capabilities, um, including disguising its malware and network infrastructure as legitimate services uh, like Microsoft, Trend Micro, McAfee, IBM, and Google. And, and I thought that was interesting that they, that is one as, actually interesting aspect about this particular threat actor group. Um, is that they're disguising as 
these kind of obscure services. And as someone who spent some time crawling through networks and Z clogs, I'm looking at these names and I'm like, I know exactly what services they're trying to describe. Like they're, they're trying to hide in. And, and the vendors sometimes make these services look super sketchy. Now, granted, they're usually like giant CDNs um, for Windows updates or something like that. And they kind of have to do that. But discerning legitimate traffic from illegitimate traffic is is super hard sometimes because it's just a random address and it's a beacon. It's always going to be a beacon. So it, it's kind of interesting to see them moving into that. It, it was only a matter of time. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot of organizations. I mean, most organizations still struggle with, you know, that noise floor, right? Trying to lower that anyway. And this is just stuff on top of that already. That's that's a challenge for many. Interesting problems. Yeah. So these ones are specifically targeting, uh, it looks like some critical infrastructure stuff, uh, which, Grayson, I know both you and I kind of have a little bit of industry or a little bit of uh, interest in. And uh, I, I thought it was interesting do we see in these industrial networks sometimes or these critical infrastructure networks a bunch of trend micro McAfee, IBM and Google traffic? Uh, Microsoft, depending on how you have stuff configured, you might see your Microsoft traffic, but I don't see those other ones in many industrial implementations personally. Yeah, I mean, I think it just really depends on on the environment and what they're what they're using. But uh, I think what what's important is if you if you don't have those products in your environment and you do see that kind of traffic or some type of generation, that's should be a red flag, right? Like yeah, there's things that are sure. speaking towards a technology that's not in your environment. That's a that should be something you should detect quickly. Uh, and as the adversaries are poking around in there, they're definitely um, they're looking for stuff like that, right? So yeah, and that that actually kind of brings up a good point in the fact of make sure you're cleaning up your environments as well. If, if you maybe at one point had McAfee, but you since switched your antivirus provider to someone else and, and you see McAfee beacons, you should be able to distinctly say McAfee is out of my environment. I know that they're no longer in there. That should help with that kind of stuff. But anyhow, so yeah, that's pretty much all the articles we had for today. So I think Ryan, we're just going to go ahead and shut it down here. We're a little bit early, but a 45 minute webcast isn't too bad. Everyone, thank you for attending and uh, go forth and do good things. Cheers, all.